All right, church fam, we are back one more time with the with the significant, with the spiritual, with the. <laughs> I'm done. It's ridiculous with the incredible at this point. Grace. It's been awesome, though. Um, Grace, how you feeling? Man, we're on our last unit, Unit Seven. Yes, I am so excited. Today we're talking about Jesus. Dude, it's we made finally it. Finally, come. We have arrived, and we are so excited. So, Ben, will you kick us off? What has happened in those 400 years? Yes. So, if you remember back, uh, we were just in. Uh, Old Testament, and the nation had been let back in. They were continually disobedient. Uh, they end up basically, God, again, God going silent. And, and I want us to place this in that for a second, yeah. right? Because, because you got to think, we've all had times where we feel like we have disappointed God for mm-hmm. the last time, right? And at this point, I mean, there had been such a history between the, the patriarchs, between, I mean, shoot, like even how Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, how their family came about was yeah. crazy, right? Let alone the rebellion and the judges and the rebellion and the kings and the rebellion and the exile and the, and the post-exile. And, and then all of a sudden, God goes silent, yeah. right? Now, you got to think in that moment, they're thinking... God has completely leaned out of the picture, yeah, yeah. injustifiably so. Like, right. and that, that's just what's crazy to me about it happens around Christmas time is that at the moment where God fully justifiably could and should have leaned out, He yeah. did the exact opposite yeah. and leaned in. Right, and that's why I love actually some of the Christmas songs. I think they're so powerful, right? Mm-hmm. Because, um, like when it's when when it says. Long lay the world in sin and error, pining, yeah. right? Till he appeared and the soul felt his worth. 400 years. Like, think about where we were as a country. We didn't exist as a country, <laughs> right. right? Like, before the United States existed yeah. was the last time God said anything to anybody. And now, all of a sudden, the thrill of hope, right? That yeah. maybe God's yeah. not done. The thrill of hope that maybe God's not through with us. Um, the weary world rejoices. Mm. Um, for yonder brings a new and brighter birth. So all of a sudden, then... Jesus enters the picture, but <laughs> coincidentally, in a totally opposite way. Yeah, yeah. We see Jesus enter the picture as a baby, um, the God of the universe entering the world as a baby, and not this baby born in this nice uh, nice little setup. He was born as a baby in a manger, of all places, and he goes on to li- live this— Which is a nice way of saying he was born in a feeding trough <laughs> in the barn in the middle of nowhere, basically. <laughs> Thank you. Um, he goes on to live this meek and humble life. And it's really important to realize that the the Jewish people, they were expecting this conquering king. Like that is what they had been going through. That is the cycle of kings they had had. It was this military leader. Um, and so they were ready for this military leader to come in from the line of David, as we've talked about, and to obliterate all their enemies to make Israel the superpower of the world. But he, Jesus, comes on the scene and he starts hanging out with people that the Jewish people would call unclean, the people that would be unfit for a Messiah to have at his dinner table, and even enemies, like people that they would have turned, literally did, turn the other way when they saw them on the street. Which is one of the things I love about Jesus, right? I mean, there's a continual critique from the religious leaders. If you are that spiritual, why are you hanging out with those unspiritual people? Jesus would say, maybe there's something you don't understand. Maybe that's the exact reason why I'm here. (laughs) Um, And so he comes and he establishes what we would call the upside down kingdom, where everything is turned on its head, where the least of the people in society standards are now the greatest and the last are first. And he starts to preach these radical things and teach these crazy messages. The like king- my dude said, <laughs> if you, you have to eat my my flesh and drink my blood, yep. right? They yep. were, it, Without like clarification. No, no. <laughs> like, he what? said, that's it. 
Um, and so this kingdom was just not at all what the Jewish leaders were expecting from their Messiah. And it was even offensive to the way of life that they had begun to develop during those 400 years. They had made kind of all these extra rules around the law that God had given them because they, they really wanted to follow the law. And so they started making these extra rules that Jesus basically said, Hey, this was not what God said. I'm, I'm going to do things that do like, do things that don't go in line with what, what you want me to do. Um, and they're offended. And so they decide that this Jesus needs to be stopped, that he is a threat to their religion. He is a threat to everything they've worked so hard to establish. And so they go on this mission to stop the very Messiah that they've been waiting for, the very Messiah that they have been pining for. Yeah. And they, yeah, have this mission to arrest him and to have him killed. They basically pull out all the stops to have that happen. Um, but it is really sweet to see that Jesus, in the midst of all this craziness, he did have a small group of followers. They went everywhere with him. They um, learned his teachings. They learned his way of life. And he gathered them together on his last night um, during the Passover, which goes all the way back to Moses. Yep. Again, the Bible is connected mm -hmm. in all the ways. Um, and he gathers them together for a last meal right before he's handed over to the people who want to kill him. Yeah. And so you're going to read in day 19 or the day one of this unit, I suppose, um, about that process. And then mm -hmm. we're going to go from there to um, the next step, which is kind of the in-between, right? Jesus yeah. has been crucified. One of the things that I think is really, really fascinating um, about this is, is if you imagine yourself in the disciples' shoes, right? right? What must have they been feeling and thinking? Yeah. They thought this was the Savior. Right. They thought this was the person. They thought this was the son of the living God. God, I mean, they saw him calm waters yeah. and waves. They saw him heal the blind. They saw him bring the dead back to life, yeah. right? And now he's dead on a cross. Like, like, yeah. what, like, what do we make of this? What do we do with this? Which is why I think it's actually interesting, because a lot of times we think, again, the resurrection. Right. And they were counting down three, two, <laughs> one. Here, birds tripping, here it goes, <laughs> resurrection, you know? But what happened was the opposite. Yeah. They, they were destroyed yeah. and decimated. They were in hiding. Yeah, um, yeah. They weren't even around when Jesus was hung on the cross. They had fled. Yeah. They yeah. Had well, lost they thought they were going to get potentially the same thing. Right, right. But Sunday was coming. A That's resurrection right. day was coming. And so the last day on Easter, we're going to read Matthew 28, which is, yeah, the story of Jesus' followers realizing he had been resurrected, of Jesus conquering death, overcoming not just the penalty of sin that we deserve to pay, but also the power of sin, so that no longer holds power over us. Um, we now get to have the presence of God with us wherever He fulfills all these covenants. He becomes here. He is the the offspring that crushes the enemy's head, and He gives us a way to have peace in those last days when destruction will come. And He satisfies the debt that we owed for our unfaithfulness and he puts the law on our hearts rather than on stone and he establishes the throne of David forever. And so we just get to see the fulfillment of all these covenants and to have Jesus come back to life so that we can be in right standing with God. Yeah. And I just want to say this, man, kind of to wrap this whole thing up, like we can't miss how this progression and interconnectedness happened, right? Yeah. From the garden, Genesis three, that you will, crush their head, but they'll strike your heel. Yeah. They'll strike your heel, right? Through your seed, through your lineage. We have Noah in the in the faithfulness of God and the love and the mercy of God. We've got 
Abraham and through your descendants, and here's the promise, and here's the covenant that's unilaterally dependent. And if you're unfaithful, I'll die, right? And yeah. then we've got Moses and the law, and we've got um, David and the establishment of the throne for forever, right? And so all of a sudden, that whole thing is just leading to Jesus, plus a whole lot of stuff that we missed in between. <laughs> so much in between. Um, and I wish we had the time to go yeah. and say, here's all this stuff, maybe someday. Um, but I just want to tie this whole thing together and say, as you're listening to this, know that God loves you, yeah. God cares about you, and I love the fact that God was willing to go through so much detail to layer so intentionally. And here's why I think. I think he just simply, it's crazy because they they missed it still, yeah. right? Yeah. I think that it gives us the opportunity to see this whole progression mm-hmm. on the meta-narrative of Scripture and say, wow, God, you really wanted people to know. Because sometimes people say, like, why doesn't God make it more obvious? Bro, how much more obvious can my guy yeah, make it? Yeah. My, my guy, I mean my God, right? <laughs> like like legitimately thousands of years of prophecies, of layering of imagery, of promises in different people in different places, all just because he wants to know, I love you. Yeah. And when I submit, send my son to die for you, and when he overcomes the grave and that turns everything upside down, yeah. I don't want you to miss it. Yeah. Hey, church, man, we... Hope this has been a blessing to you. Um, this has been so much fun for us. And I want to just pause for a second and say, Grace, thank you so much. I talk a lot, but people won't know that so much of this framework, um, you 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 made it happen. You picked out verses and stuff, and we just got to meet together. And, and I got to say, oh, that's a cool idea. Let's talk about it. Um, so thank you so much. And your, your diligence and your work has been phenomenal. And so thank you on behalf of our church. Thank you. And happy Easter, everyone. <laughs> happy Easter. <laughs>